0: Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports. Today, on uh, today, whatever day it is, on this episode, we have Brennan Forster, M-B-A. Brennan is a financial representative at Forest Hills Financial Group. But the reason I really loved the opportunity to talk to him was to hear about his baseball career. He was a Division I baseball athlete, and he created a group that I'm a part of. It's called Life After Sports, meets up in New York City, and it is a group of... uh, former professional or college athletes that don't know what to do now that their sports career has unfortunately come to an end Um, it's an awesome awesome group there's so many cool people in it obviously Brennan is a very good guy as you'll hear within this conversation but the reasons behind it what he's been able to do with it and some of the things that are coming from it um, we're very very excited about so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Brennan Good stuff. So yeah, Brennan Forster, good friend of mine, uh, on the show today, very excited. Uh, Brennan is currently a financial representative at Forest Hills Financial Group. Um, he was a Division One baseball player for a couple years at New York Institute of Technology and is currently the runner, the owner, the CEO, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, of Life After Sports group um, here in New York City, where some incredible people meet up a couple times a year to chat about their lives, unfortunately, after sports. Brennan, thanks for hanging out today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. No, dude, pleasure's all mine. Uh, I love the stuff you do. Uh, we've connected on a few different levels. So the first question I always want to ask people is, where does your love of sports come from? Um,
1: I don't know. I think I think it just starts with natural talent. Growing up, I was mm-hmm. good at sports that incorporated a ball and some rules, and <laughs> you know, and um, you kind of just go from there. I played. I played all sports growing up from soccer, skiing, um, baseball, basketball, tennis, swimming. So I was very well, right. I think I even did gymnastics. Wow. Um, I was very well-rounded as a kid. And then eventually, you know, you start realizing, you know, where, where you feel like the most connection for me Mm -hmm. was baseball.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Baseball is my favorite sport hands down. Um, more as like an entity. I mean, I will say watching a football game is probably more exciting, um, over that length of time. But baseball is, it's my favorite. I've grew up, it was the first sport I learned how to play. It was the first sport I played competitively. Um, it was the only sport I was actually good at. So that again, talent actually led into that a little bit, which I'm very grateful for. Um, so I guess, what is it, what is it about baseball that I guess, uh, just really called to you and, and you were able to answer that call? Um,
1: I guess it started with where you grow up. I grew up in um, a very small town in Queens and every single person I knew growing up we played baseball and basketball on the, in the streets mm-hmm. like with, with a stick and a tennis ball and then eventually that led into Little League and I was good and I was asked to be on a travel team. This is like age seven, eight years old. uh And our core group of like 11 or 12 guys, um, I think 10 of the 12 of us um, went on and played college and professional baseball. So we were like a really good group. Um, I was with this travel team from probably seven or eight years old to 11. And then I moved to Long Island and, you know, we got older and kind of split apart. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But that's really the foundation of, like, my talent was, I was part of a very competitive league. I don't know if you heard of the Little League World series.
0: I, I've watched it once or twice every August for the last so, 15 years. So, I, yeah. was,
1: I was on one of those teams that was going for that, but we mm-hmm. we fell a little bit short. But uh, we, were, we were that good. Yeah. Um, where we made a run. Uh, um, so, I, uh, you know, grew up, I mean, in the winter, I skied, in the, in the fall, I played basketball, but Baseball was, you know, always the sport where, like, you know, mom, dad, I, I want to go pro, so what mm-hmm. do I have to do?
2: I love um,
1: it. Yeah, so it was always I always felt that, like, it was going to be what I wanted it to be for a career. Grew up watching guys like Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, El Duque, Mariano Rivera, Jeter. So right, the right, whole- all right, I'm
0: going to have to stop you there for a second. So you yeah. grew up in Queens, but you only named Yankees. Why are you doing that big, to me, man? Why are you doing uh, that to me?
1: I was I was a kid in the late '90s.
0: Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's actually a pretty good excuse. I'll give you that. There you go. In the
1: in the late '90s, the Yankees won like three World Series in a row. Um, that was that's just my team. That's my family yeah. team. We're we're all we're all kind of Yankee fans, and um, I just fell in love with the
0: pinstripes. I don't know. Um, I was really hoping you were going to be a Mets fan. I mean, you grew up in Queens. That's uh yeah, it's, it's, I get it's, it. But believe um, me, if I the, didn't the Mets, have to be a Mets yeah. fan, I would not be a Mets fan. <laughs> I will be upfront, honest about that. I won't make my kids do that. I probably will, but I wouldn't do it if I didn't have to. But to, to
1: tell you the truth, I couldn't even name you like five starters on the Mets back from back then. Like I just watched the Yankees.
0: I get that, and I
1: love that rivalry with with Pedro mm-hmm. and and Don Zimmer and Joe Torre, <laughs> and like I was really into, I was really into the AL East and uh, what was going on. Mm-hmm. so my love for watching those guys and then trying to like go out the next day and like copy Andy Pettit's motion
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of like what I did for a while. And-
0: I love it. Yeah. I think, I think all kids definitely at some point, I mean, I used to play baseball games by myself um, and it would be the bottom of the eighth inning or bottom of the ninth inning. Um, you know, I'd be pitching, I'd be catching, I'd be playing outfield and hitting the ball. Um, I think I always made the defensive save I never hit the game-winning home run. I always made the game-winning catch for whatever reason. Seven-year-old Mike, that's what he was into. Um, But it worked out. It was fun. I love it. I still love baseball to this day. Can't wait. I think we're like a month away from pitchers and catchers uh, as of recording, which I'm very excited about. So once football's over, we can roll right into speculation season in baseball. And then – I don't know. Exactly. The Mets will probably tank again as they've been, but it is what it is. Uh, give me some fun. Give me another Cy Young for Jacob Degrom, and I think I'll call it a successful year. Uh, right. But that's awesome, man. So not so of that team that you said you played on. Ten people went to play pro or college. That is an so, yeah. incredible number. Shoot, even if it's eight, that's still inc- incredible. Yeah, no, we
1: we were, we were good back then, and everyone just every every one of us had the same dream. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we we we. We played in the streets. We played in the schoolyard, and um, we played sewer to sewer ball. And then, mm. tell me sewer about pre-
0: sewer to sewer ball a little bit. I know, I didn't grow up in a city. I grew up in yeah, a country it's a, it's essentially. A city so, thing. So, yeah. so there's
1: there's sewers in the middle of the streets between the houses, mm-hmm. and like one sewer would be home plate, and the sewer down down a little would be second base. And then the tree would be first base, and ah. then the car would car would be third base, mm-hmm. and and we were just you you know, we were just smacking handballs all over all over the place.
2: That's and, funny. Um,
1: and then we once you go on a real field, and you know we had practice also, but we're all the we're all the saint with the ten kids that I hung out with. We hung out all the time, whether we were at practice or not at practice, and um, we would just roll onto a baseball field, put our cleats on, it would be the same thing. And, sewer
0: to sewer, baby. I love it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So it didn't matter if it was a tennis ball or handball, and then they put a baseball in our hands. Mm-hmm. We, we were all naturals. We were all good. That um, is cool. Yeah. Way way above like our age group.
0: Yeah, um, clearly. So, I mean, there, there was something there. I don't know what it was in, uh, in Queens that year, uh, <laughs> but something was going on and it clearly worked out uh, to the benefit. It's
1: just, yeah. It's, there's, not much, there's not much there. It was like the, um, it's a small, it's uh, Howard Beach is a small Italian area. Mm-hmm. The the girls danced and the the boys played baseball. That's just the way it was. I love it. There was nothing more to it. Um what was different about me is I was a very competitive skier and none of the kids went skiing in the winter. So that mm-hmm. was a little different. Um I was a really good skier. That was probably my best sport, but I didn't have that connection I had with baseball. Mm-hmm. Um what Olympics kind of- was yeah. Wasn't, the Olympics was, know, it wasn't you, in your, I know you interview all these Olympic guys and girls. Um, it wasn't my calling. Uh-huh. You, just know, you just know when you're an athlete. Um, so I was ranked, I was racing, I was going through the gates. Um, but it was something about the cold and the one suits and, um, you know, I, I guess I like the summer and the baseball and I don't know, but, um, you know It's good because I still ski. I still mm-hmm. play baseball, so not much has changed.
0: There you go, buddy. You can still enjoy all of it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I I remember you telling me you were a competitive skier, but I don't think you ever made it to the point where you said you were ranked. Um, and yeah, it goes to were... each group. Okay. You
1: go... Yeah, so I was on a, on a race team at my mountain, Wyndham, in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the team raced or practiced Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I played basketball and my parents took me up on Saturdays and we left Sunday. So I did Saturday mornings with the race team. So Mm -hmm. I trained a quarter of the time that the other kids were training and under the coach's son, I was the second best racer. Wow. So I was like really good at that sport too. Mm -hmm. Um, barely practicing. Um, and they would put us in these, you know, the team would sign up for against like other mountains and I guess you would compete. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the sport because it was very objective. It was all about your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so baseball is very subjective. Yeah. Depending on the day of the week, you can be the worst or best player. But racing was really like, who's the fastest guy? Um, so I kind of liked that aspect that, you know, you put your helmet and goggles on and no one sees you. Uh-huh. And and I was a little bit fearless. And I'm. you get ranked in your age group. So I was like getting ranked amongst the other nine or 10 year olds in the country. And mm-hmm. I was like, Second or third at one point. Whoa! Yeah, it was pretty good. And then That's the guy impressive. above me was the coach's son, he
0: uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: skied way more than me. He ended up Division One skiing at Vermont, so he was good too.
0: All right, <laughs> yeah, something of you when you were young, man. You were just around some athletes. That is, that is no such thing as coincidence. There's no yeah. such thing as coincidence in my mind. I think that's awesome, though. Well, congratulations on all of that. I knew you were a skier, as I said, but didn't know. Um, and then your partner with the, the uh, Life After Sport group, if I'm not mistaken, he is, he's a huge swimmer, right? Yeah, shout out to yeah. Frank. Yeah, um, shout out Frank. Him and I had a great conversation the last time you had an event in the city. Um, yeah, him and I were going back and forth. He knows some of the people that I've met. You know, just like, it's really? crazy how, uh, how this world works sometimes, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, he swam at Stony Brook, which mm-hmm. is Division I. And um, I guess that's how we connected in the beginning as athletes. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to connect when you're, when you played sports at, you know, the same level or at the same interest. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter the sport, I don't think, but um, yeah, he was a swimmer. Um, I don't know much about competitive swimming, um, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that he was a competitive athlete and I was Mm -hmm. able to kind of connect on that
0: when we first met. So let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, uh as I said before, division one baseball player, um, New York Institute of Technology. Division one, man, that is crazy. I mean, you're what, one of those point whatever percent of people um that made it that far. I mean, what was and and it, it probably I mean, because you came up in the sport, I guess I'll ask it, but like what was what was the difference between okay, very, playing very competitively in high school, AAU and all of that, and then actually making the jump to, you know, one of the top four or five most competitive leagues you could probably say around the world potentially right like if you put up one of the best division one baseball teams against one of the better teams in some of these other world leagues maybe not Korea, um uh japan or korea but many of the other leagues around the world i mean that d1 team's gonna have yeah. a pretty legitimate shot so what, what was that like and and when did that kind of set in that hey i'm, I'm pretty I'm, i knew i was good but man i'm pretty darn good at this thing
1: um to tell you the truth, um, I'll explain the jump, but I never really felt like I arrived because mm-hmm. I always had kind of this this one goal of ah. of big leagues. That was it. And so um my attitude was D one or nothing. If I can't make a division one team, I'm I'm not good enough to go mm-hmm. go on anyway. So I had to sign division one, even though I got some other looks. Um it was the only option I was kind of giving myself, you know, talking through with your parents and everything as well. And your coaches, um, that was the route I was going, um, signed with New York tech. Biggest jump. I was, uh, developmentally, I was a late bloomer. I was a tall skinny kid coming out of high school. I didn't really have a set position. I had a good swing. I was a good first baseman, but I also was a pitcher. Um, and I always thought that, that, thing that pitchers don't hit because I had a really good swing mm-hmm. so I hit and I pitched and in college um, they don't let you do both mm-hmm. um, and it was then the conversation was what's going to give me the best chance of getting scouted and and getting signs um, you know after these four years so if I could go back I would probably do it differently but I chose pitching mm-hmm. Um, and they decided, you know, the coaches that, um, I should redshirt the year and put mm-hmm. on some weight. Um, so that, that year I, you know, I got into, you know, working out and eating, I put on like 15, 20 pounds. Then I was a redshirt freshman. So I had a whole year to kind of watch a season and train and do all the workouts. And I just didn't play in the games and it kept me uh, eligible for four years. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, you know, I started off real slow. I started in the bullpen, fill rolls. roles. Um, and uh, I always wanted to be a starter. Eventually, I did work my way into the starting rotation. But really, where I was best, um, looking back on it and being honest with myself now, maybe not then, is I was a good long reliever. Mm-hmm. So, if a pitcher can't get out of the first three or four innings, um, I can pitch as long as a starter can. Mm -hmm. I always seem to do better when I didn't know the night before that I was pitching.
0: Ah, all right. Yeah. Kind of (laughs) spice yourself up a little bit. I
1: I didn't, yeah, I didn't throw hard enough to be a closer. Mm -hmm. Um, so long reliever is where I spent most of my college career. Guy can't get out of the first inning. He walks three guys, boom, I'm up. Mm -hmm. By the time it's the fifth, sixth inning, I'm taking my cleats off. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of nice. In most cases. Yeah, Yeah. So that was kind of my role for the most of college. My senior year, I did start, um, but that's where I kind of sat. And, um, yeah, I kind of, I had my ups and downs, It's you know, just like mm-hmm. any other athlete, it's a roller coaster ride. As, I had as, good moments, bad moments, and everything in between.
0: And you wouldn't be the same person if you didn't have all those moments. Right. So we're, we're yeah. very grateful for all of them. What would you say is the biggest factor in that you pitched better when you didn't quite know if you were going to pitch, would you, would you contribute that to anything or was it just, Hey, like, you know, get up and do it. Not, not have to think about it. Anything along those lines? Um,
1: I always, I I don't know if this is a factor, but I know I always got nervous. Okay. Um, good nerves. Mm -hmm. I perform better. You perform better when you're nervous. Um, but I, I had a lot of, um, I don't know how to say it. I guess you can call it like, um, superstitions. Uh, Well, you're a baseball player. Of course you have superstitions. Things would keep, things would keep building up. I would keep, you know, mentally, I I would get a little bit blocked when I put so much pressure on myself. And I I put a lot of pressure on myself because I really wanted to do this as a career. Um, So I treated it more like that than a game. And if I didn't put that much pressure on myself, I probably would have been better for it. Mm -hmm. But you're you're an 18, 19, 20 year old kid and um, you don't have the wisdom yet to know these things. Um, So it's more of a personality and my personality was to kind of put a lot of pressure on myself. And um, when I was on, I was on, Mm -hmm. but when I was off, I couldn't pull it together as a starter. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way it went for me. It was like, you never knew what you were getting from me. And I had all, I had all the tools to be really good. And I would, I would show it in flashes, Um, but it wasn't consistent enough. And being a professional starter is all about consistency you know what you're getting from these guys every fifth day Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of where i happened to settle into this long reliever role where i had a really good arm i had three or four pitches i can control a game but something about just like not really knowing or caring um you know about the beginning of the game and just kind of being loose helped me Mm -hmm. um i didn't necessarily like the role um but that was my role.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's, um, it's not funny. It's not ironic. I don't know the exact word I want to use, but I mean, as you said, you know, back, back when you were playing, you know, you weren't allowed to pitch and hit. Well, now we see some people in the MLB that are pretty darn good at it. Some of some prospects coming up, yeah, the game's changing. you know, the game's you know, Shohei changing. Otani, uh, you know, Brendan McKay over there for the Rays. Um, I mean so th- there's a couple names and obviously they're am very much the outlier but it's still pretty cool to watch and then again going back to the Tampa Bay Rays um you know the opener you know not technically starting the game essentially in that you know you're you're essentially the starter but in that long reliever reliever role um it yeah. sounds like you would have been much better suited maybe 3 or 4 years in the future um and things the could games, have been a little the different the
1: game's changing the game's changing man and and hitters are pitchers are starting to hit mhm um you know, they're getting to the point now where pitchers are getting to the big leagues and they played AL rules their whole life for the DH. Mm-hmm. And they're expected to get a hit in the World Series because they're playing a nationally team. Yeah. And they they can do it, but they didn't get their reps in. Um, you know, and if you watch a guy like Bartolo Colon, uh, you're, you're a big Mets fan. Thank you. So he came to the Mets. And in the beginning, he was like this funny fat guy swinging in his helmet coming off. But if you remember... A year down the road, he, he knocked one out of the park and he started hitting the ball mm-hmm. because he was, he was getting his reps, but his whole career was in the American League. Mm-hmm. So, anyone can, can get the timing down because they're, they're all athletes, mm-hmm. but you can't expect a pitcher to just go up there and face a major league um, pitcher yeah. when they didn't. They, in, the, in the minor leagues, it's all American League rules. Uh-huh. So, in the minor leagues, no pitchers are hitting. And in most college programs, no pitchers are hitting so the, the kids aren't allowed to swing the bats after high school and sometimes in certain high school programs they can't hit mm-hmm. and and you lose it so um, i always had a good swing and as soon as my you know my career ended and i started playing recreationally i went back to hitting
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and my swing was still there I, you yeah. know it's a net. so i don't know um, i don't know why it's like that but i think i think it's changing for the better um, pitching definitely there's more more of a bullpen role Mm -hmm. and and pitchers are learning to be athletes
0: again yeah yeah and and i'm happy about it i mean uh, the one knock that you always hear on baseball is you know they're not athletic enough again just pointing to the bartolo colones um um i don't know i don't want to disparage anyone's name Uh, i mean carlos santana like you wouldn't look at him and say you know he's a world-class athlete you and i both know he is because i've watched him on the indians and then on the the the, uh, phillies for that one year and now he's back with the indians he's incredible. but, you know, the, the, the public perception is always like you don't really have to be an athlete. Well, I don't know. I disagree. Mike Trout would disagree most likely. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that would. And just because you're not, you know, fit like LeBron James doesn't quite mean you're not an athlete. Many of those guys can do a lot of things. I mean, I've watched Bartolo Colon's workouts. He's insane. Yeah. That man is an animal. Um, but it is fun to watch. And, and I do love baseball. And I appreciate you. Chatting a little baseball with me today, Brendan. I do yes, appreciate it.
1: Speaking, speaking Mets. Um, speaking of athletes that are pitchers, you're going to enjoy watching Marcus Stroman. Yes. Shout out to a Long Island. Major. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: Um, he was in my recruiting class. No way. So, so I played against him a couple of times in high school. Very cool. Um, two Long Island guys. Stephen Matz was in my recruiting mm-hmm. class too. Yep. yep. So Stroman and Matz are finally teammates after all these mm-hmm. years. Yep. They knew each other from from back in the day, and. Um, he he was a shortstop. He was a two-way guy too, and mm-hmm. he won a Gold Glove, I believe, already um, on the mounds. So Strowman, Strowman won yeah. a Gold Glove. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's an athlete. He he's a he's an athlete that went to the mounds instead of a pitcher being a pitcher. Mm-hmm. So so that's a, that's an example of I think where the league's moving. Just like in NFL, it's becoming a lateral sport as a QB.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: QBs are becoming runners. Mm-hmm. um and you know i think i think that's where kind of the the new wave is going because kids are starting their workouts and you know things earlier in life and everyone's just a better athlete
0: absolutely 100 percent. i totally agree and uh, i'm very excited for it just to continue to watch the sport all the sports evolve as you said i mean quarterbacks yeah. you know obviously you can point to lamar jackson but even i don't know patrick mahomes or uh, daniel jones just to keep it new york city based i mean they're not they're not the, the fleetest of foot, but they're mobile, right? They can move around and they can do enough that it it puts pressure on defenses, um, which is always fun. And um, all right. So, but back to you, enough about just sports in general. (laughs) And I can always talk to you about that at at, at all times, but um, so you played baseball in college. Did you get drafted?
1: No, No? um, after after college. So I had that, I had that redshirt year. Mm -hmm. So I um, didn't get drafted. I didn't throw hard enough. Okay. You have to, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a velocity game. And I was like upper eighties, you know, I would touch 99 B1 on a good day, but I was, I wasn't a velocity guy. I never was. Um, don't know how to do it. Otherwise I would do it. And, <laughs> and
0: um, If that's but, all it took, I, man, that's all I, like a lot of people would be baseball players. I, I was
1: competitive. I kept uh-huh. the ball in the park and I liked to pitch to contact and I might, since I couldn't throw the ball past people, I wanted to make a fish and outs and I would try to get guys to swing and keep the ball on the grounds and, and, and track short and quick innings. Um, So that was my style. Um, So I had this fifth year. So, and I graduated on time. So I had to be a student to do my fourth year of baseball. So I started my MBA program, Mm -hmm. business graduate program. And in that fifth year of school, that graduate year, I finished my fourth year of baseball and then I went to a couple independent professional tryouts. Mm-hmm. And my second or third one I signed for a league down in the southwest. Very cool. Yeah.
0: And how long how
1: long were you hanging out down there? Um, so I signed that summer. Um, it's the Picos League, in case you want to look it up. It's mm-hmm. uh independent league, you know, it's professional, but it's not not affiliated with MLB. Mm-hmm. Um Scouts are there, though. They're looking to pick up guys. And it was a good platform for me to continue my career. Um, so I got signed for that next summer. So I trained that whole summer. Um, signed my contract. Um, and literally um, woke up early, trained, ate, gave baseball lessons, ate, trained, went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I did it like six days a week. By Sunday, I was exhausted. And that was like a rest day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found a way to work out for free. I, a facility let me give baseball lessons, and if I gave baseball lessons, I was able to use their facilities to train. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't have any money. Yeah, um, getting out of college and going through the minor league route wasn't going to put any money in my pocket, so mm-hmm. I had to be creative. Um, so I did that for a year. I did that through the whole summer and winter, and put on like another twenty pounds. I was I was in good shape. I was. Um, you know, I was strong, went in, um, another roller coaster, another big leap, independent ball from Division one baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, started off slow, made the team. They asked me to assistant coach for a while because they didn't want to cut me. Um, they wanted me to hang around, but there just wasn't any room in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I, I got my chance, some good outings, some bad outings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um. Uh, I got traded a little bit, um, but I lasted the whole summer. Um, there's a lot of turnover in those leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I never got released, which you know was good. And um, I had a pitching coach at the time who lived in North Carolina. Called him up after my season, and told him I think I'm done. And while while I was playing that summer, he became an area scout for the Los Angeles Dod- Dodgers, and he said that he can get me into a better league for that next summer and I should keep playing. So, um, I was in New Mexico, took the plane from New Mexico to New York, unpacked, repacked, and literally took my car and drove 550 miles to North Carolina Mm -hmm. and found like an apartment, a job all in the same day. Wow. Cause I had nowhere to sleep Mm -hmm. and it was, it was crazy. And, um, I moved to North Carolina basically for that entire winter, trained with him. And the league I was going into was in Michigan. It was a smaller league, it was like a four team round robin league in, in one stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, it was going to be a better place to get noticed because there's less guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, March, I f- drove from North Carolina back to New York, unpacked, repacked, and then drove out to Michigan another Mm -hmm. 550
2: miles
1: Oh, and I had a little bit of a bicep strain I threw a lot that winter it was a little bit windy and cold didn't come out with my best stuff I made it through the third round of tryouts a thousand kids showed up and they're taking like 70 Mm -hmm. Um, made it through the third and final round of tryouts ended up getting released I pitched really good actually Um, through and it I'm a guy that needs some innings for my velocity to come up. Mm-hmm. I was throwing 87. They released me. I, I was striking guys out, and I asked why, and they said, "You know, we're really looking for 88 and up." So, um, because of one mile per hour in a spring training game, um, I I got released, and that was a bad moment for me. That was a yeah. tough moment. Um, you know, tears and everything. Being mm-hmm. super transparent, like it hurt. yeah.
0: Um uh, this is literally your entire dream as you've been telling me this whole time was to play in the MLB yeah. right to play I mean, professionally I,
1: I was on a set track at this point to have one more good summer and get signs mm-hmm. um so it hurt my only real option at the time was to go back to New Mexico didn't want to do that wanted to keep moving up um and nothing else was you know really knocking on my door so I drove back home the longest car ride of my life oh goodness um, you know, m- mental pain as an athlete when you, you, it didn't hit you yet, but it hit you, mm-hmm. that your, your career is really over just like that. Um, really took that summer off. Um, uh, mentally I wasn't in a space to, to really, I, I, um, if there's ever such thing that I can feel for a depression, this was a summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like clinically diagnosed, but but I can I had, only imagine. I had trouble seeing anyone. I didn't want to talk about baseball. Um, I didn't know what to say. I had no money. I felt like um a, a little bit of a disappointment. Um and then so that was May, June, July, August. That that summer was a wash. Um, basically. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. That's yeah. looking back, you'd never let three months go by like that. But I in the uh, moment, it's, I it's could all, only imagine. It's all necessary. It's all relative. That, absolutely yeah. all necessary.
1: There, you know, I had, to, I had to take that time to, to, one, get over what was going on, and two, figure out what's next for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no pun intended, what's yeah. next. <laughs> and I had an interesting conversation with my father. It was, It was like August at the time. I asked him what I should be doing. You know, before August I was not open to advice. Um, I wasn't suicidal, but people wondered. That's how bad mm-hmm. of a shape I was in. Whoa, all right. Uh definitely wasn't suicidal. I was just in a real bad funk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't it's scary when you're I was twenty four, twenty-five at the time. It's scary when you don't know what you're going to do with your life. Absolutely. And and I wasn't, you know, the type of guy that wants to go into coaching. Um, so My, my dad suggested I get like a, just a job to get started, like, you know, a regular nine to five, Mm -hmm. just to get, you know, have some responsibility again to do something. And it wasn't a bad idea. When I was in North Carolina, I worked at a New Balance store. Cool. Helped me Mm -hmm. pay rent. And I was around, you know, sneakers and sports and stuff. It was whatever. Could be worse. I I was, good at it. I met a lot of people and there's a New Balance store in Long Island and decided that would be the easiest you know, a most comfortable thing for me to do. So I got hired, like literally I walked in a new store and I told him, you know, where I worked and he called the guy, the guy said, you're crazy if you don't hire him. And the manager said, when do you want to start? And I said, you know, I could start today. <laughs> it was like that. <laughs> really need to get like, out of the house, please. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like my calendar is empty. Um, <laughs> I, and, and I like, kind of, you know, all he had to do was show me the stock room and I could, I knew, I knew what I was doing there. Yeah. All the systems are the same at every new balance store. Mm-hmm. So I could just kind of pick up where I left off. And I, you know, I started working a few weeks went by and I was miserable, like absolutely miserable. And I went back to my dad who, um, you know, someone I trust when I'm in a, I guess in a dark place like mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. And, um, I said, this isn't really working. Um, I don't feel any better doing this. And he said, um, you know, why don't you go back to school? And when you're, when you're in a fog, you're not thinking clearly, mm-hmm. but that was like the greatest thing he ever said to me. Um, I spoke to my best friend from high school and my brother, a couple of the people I trust. And we decided that that was a good move, um, to finish my MBA. Cause I did one of two years.
0: Oh, okay. There you go.
1: Right. Cause of the red shirt year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had two semesters and I have an MBA degree. Um, so I enrolled back at New York tech. Um, I didn't have to take any tests. I filled out like one piece of paper. They already had all my records. Mm -hmm. And so September comes around and I'm back in school, like a regular student Mm -hmm. and, and working.
0: Was there with going back specifically to the college that you know you again you played baseball at for four pretty much five years with the red shirt? Was there any like, not to make light of it, but like any like PTSD or any like reme- like mem like nostalgia memories coming up and being like, damn, you know I was only here a couple years ago, doing um, you know playing baseball, the thing I love.
1: You know what? I didn't have enough fun. I took it too seriously back then. Huh,
0: okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah.
1: So it was always a job. Um, mm-hmm. I never, I never really stopped playing. I still play mm-hmm. recreationally. There were, t- there were things I'll miss, and there were things I didn't miss. So there's mm-hmm. like a balance to it. Yeah, definitely nothing crazy. I would drive past the field when it was empty once in a while and just kind of like sit in my favorite spot on a hill mm-hmm. and just kind of you know kick it like anyone would. And um, but nothing crazy. I, I felt really comfortable there on that campus. Uh-huh. i I knew my way around, so I, you know, it just it felt a little weird to get back in school and start getting assignments. I never thought I was gonna be writing another essay, And but I was always a good student and it came easy to me. So um, I just kind of got back in the groove. I, I had some responsibility, you know, and um, I started feeling better about myself because now you can have a conversation with someone and you can say I'm in grad school and I'm working instead of I just got released from baseball and I have no idea what I'm doing next. Mm-hmm. So. What school allowed me to do is it gave me a window to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It was an excuse, almost, um, a, a buying time. And, and sometimes, you need that that's though. That's how I saw it. Yeah, it was a yeah. proactive way to buy myself more time.
0: And that's it worked, how I saw our school. It worked out pretty darn well. Um, so, I yeah. mean, hey, I mean, I wish you could have made it. That would have been incredible. I'm sure you do too. But I think what you're doing now is pretty no, cool. I um, mean, it all
1: works out. It exactly. All, it works out the way it's supposed to. 100%.
0: Um,
1: when in November, so I was a month and a half into school. Um, I was working at the New Balance store and a guy, a gentleman came in that I worked with. He was impressed by me. He, he gave me his son's number um, and his son happened to be Frank. Ah, who's my uh partner. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how, that's how it all happened. If I didn't move to North Carolina, um, I would have never worked at a new balance store Mm -hmm. because I was training for baseball and it got me to the new balance store where I ended up finding, you know, my business partner and my, my my lifelong career that where I really belong in life. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just how the stars connect. Um, you think you want something, um, you know, it can. It, you know, it's something you think about every day or every week, especially around this time of the year. And you, you know, you watch the game as a student, but I'm, I'm where I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in life. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that. Um, so it's, it's all good.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. I think it's incredible. Um, as you and I have spoken about, so Brennan is a financial representative, as I said before, at Four Sales Financial Group. Um, I was a financial advisor. We, you know, I mean, that, that second word is kind of, you know, you can put whatever you want there. We call them financial advisors. Um, it wasn't for me. It was not for me. And I got out very, very quickly. Uh, very grateful that all of it happened because, as you said, you know, it led me to exactly where I am right now, hanging out on a Monday afternoon, talking with you. Um, but, you know, I definitely think that, you know, I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I got out. But I'm glad that you're there because I know someone like you, uh, an upstanding citizen, a good human being, uh, can handle other people's money i personally not to say i'm a Thank bad you. person oh, yeah. but it just was not for me um so i guess with that do you do you specifically try to work with any athletes at all or is it just kind of the i mean forest hills for people that don't know is if that is queens if i'm not mistaken right forest hills is right in queens
1: so the, the home office our home office is in, in queens forest okay. hills is queens but okay our our like work offices are in the city in Long Island. I work out okay. of the city office, which is okay. by Grand Central, 42nd and
0: Very cool. Nice place. And
1: yeah, so I'm in the city. These days, my business has adapted over the last, you know, three to four years, naturally. Mm-hmm. And these days, predominantly, I work with associate attorneys and big law firms, global law firms, um, you know, and their friends and relatives. hmm uh, where I connect to the athletes is with life after sports. Absolutely. Organically. Sometimes a financial conversation can come up. If I can be a resource to someone, I will, but it's, it's not, it's not the, the primary focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone kind of knows that when they're there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a, it's a way for me to, to stay involved with, with my own, mm-hmm. um, it's just different. It's just different yeah. doing it. Um, I, in the beginning, the way it started life after sports, how did it evolve? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I started in my career, I think we went over this before. Um, remind me, I don't want to be redundant, but You're good. when I, when I started my career in finance, you have to, you have to sit in front of people, whether it's practicing your, your presentations, you have to get some sort of experience. And so what you do as a young guy is you go to networking events. Mm-hmm. And I was walking into rooms with older people, you know, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s in all t- different industries. Um, and it was very much of a I work for, you know, I'm John Smith, I work for ABC Company and I sell this. What do you do? I just wasn't feeling connections, I wasn't making connections. I would go back to my office with 30 index cards, you know, and just kind of chuck them Mm -hmm. like there wasn't really anyone I would meet very rarely here, here and there, where I would like feel like there was something there to talk about. Um, So, so I wanted to talk to people that were like me and the people that are like me are people that are young business professionals um, that had a former life in athletics, whether it was at the high school level, the college level, the professional level, or they're just a big sports fan, or they run a foundation for, for kids that play sports, whatever it mm-hmm. may be, um, those are the people that are like me. And, and I know they, they were out there, and I had to find a way to get them all in a room so I can see what everyone's doing with their lives, and maybe we can help each other. Mm-hmm. That's what networking is all about. Um, and that's really how it started the name, the name came to me, the names, you know, LLC and trademarked in the state Mm -hmm. of New York, which is really, really nice. Um, And it's, it's like a, I call it a labor of love. Um, I would love to be more, more and more successful in my business where I could take a lot of my earnings and put it into my charity. Mm -hmm. This is my charity where I can, I can do a lot of different things with this LLC. Um, right now, it's about getting people in a room to network and bring in keynote speakers. Um, but it'll develop just like everything else develops, and I'm not exactly sure what it'll turn into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's my baby, and and I I care very much about it. Um, I think a lot of people they come to this event and they kind of take a deep breath because. Usually people that will show up to this event were doing other networking events mm-hmm. it's you it create you attract a networking type of person exactly um, to these events and they realized you know I think you did too is it's just a little bit different absolutely it's, it's a little bit of a different vibe
0: it's one of my favorite ones to go to um, last Thank year you, you had you. a bunch I don't remember exactly how many I was able to yeah. get to but I met um Some really incredible people, people I'm still in contact with today. Um, I agree with you. Networking is how can you help others? It's not how can you help me? It's, you know, who can I introduce you to, um, to be able to expand what you're doing. And there's been a few people that I've met that have done that for me. um, And I truly feel like I've been able to do that for them which I think is very important. Um, just some incredible people. And I've asked many of the ones that I've met through your events, uh, to come on the show as well. So hopefully, uh, that's you know, we awesome. can have our own little collective and we'll call it a series, uh-huh. the life after sports series, but Hey, that's, no,
1: that's amazing.
0: I love it. dude. No, there's yeah. just so many people that I've been able to meet. Um, and, and that's, that's where I really, really why I wanted to have you on. I wanted, you, you know, I wanted to hear the passion in your voice. I wanted to hear you talk about this incredible thing. Obviously, I'm glad we got to talk baseball because it's my favorite thing on Planet Earth. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to hear you speak a little bit about the group. I mean, what, especially with networking, that, that's one thing you, you brought up. You're not, this is not going to be somebody's first networking group, right? I, very, I don't think I've met anyone that's been maybe one or two, and it's, it, was, it was an event you had, had at a college. So there were some college kids that were still there that were, you know, seniors about to graduate. So it's a little different. Um, but which, which is also awesome getting to hear what they're going on to do and, and hearing it in their voice. But my favorite part is, you know, the, the keynote speakers, but also just the, the conversations and hearing where people have come from, you know, what sport it's the easiest thing. Oh, so what sport did you play? And you know, that, that right there can lead into a conversation. You can learn more about someone. It's not, so what do you do, Brennan? Oh, you're right. a financial advisor. Oh, tell me exactly. about that. It's like, no, like you played baseball. I can talk to you about baseball all day as we've already seen. Um, and I truly, truly enjoy it. Um, it's, it's so much fun. So what does it mean to you knowing that, you know, it took a little while, but you have a pretty legitimate group of people that will show up to just about every event that you yeah. throw because they know they're going to have a good time, you know, that, that doesn't happen everywhere. And I think, you know, it's very cheap if I'm not mistaken. I think I just saw on my Venmo that I sent you $5 maybe <laughs> once or twice. Like it's, it's very well worth it. You get pizza, you have great conversations. So what does it mean to you knowing that there are, there are other people now invested in, in your baby and your vision and what you're looking for? Um,
1: it means, it means everything because I think it's important in, in life and in business, um, I would say personally and professionally to be diversified. And this gives me another layer, um, to, to how I can be creative, how I can give back to the community, Mm -hmm. um, make friends, um, entertain a room. There's just so many layers of it, um, that allow me to stay fresh in, in my finance world as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I appreciate that part the most. Um, the part, you know, that's the hardest is putting the events together. But the day of the event is like going out for your start. Um, it's the yeah. best day. Um, but between starts is it can be a little rigorous mm-hmm. and, and it can be tough um, to, to organize a, a room of 30, 40 or 50 mm-hmm. people. And you start getting in touch with everyone's lives that day and what's going on in this accident and this lawsuit and this, this sickness. and and this guy, you know, so it's, it's kind of tough, but it makes it all worth it. I get the same gratification at the end of every event. Um, there is a core group, as you mentioned that show up. They, they love it. It's part of their yearly networking events. Um, and I'm constantly seeing new people in the room, you know, so I'll keep doing it. People keep telling me to run it. And, um, you know, I, I get enough feedback from these things. It's, it's to, to know that they're worth they're worth me doing, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know I think that every successful person that I read about or look up to um, has their own uh, charity or fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So mimicking people that you that you want to be like and you idolize, um, I see this as as my way um, of of giving back to a community, and it's not your typical way of you know helping you know underprivileged kids and you know, in the boroughs or working with, you know, cancer patients. There's so many different charities out there and fundraisers and mm-hmm. marathons. This, this is just my connection is meeting people my age, um, young professionals. And we, we seem to all have um, an overlapping story. Um, it's, it's interesting. The more people I talk to, the more similarities that I see in my life um, with other people that went through a similar route in, mm-hmm. in their sport. Absolutely. Um, so it's just, it's just, um, it's fascinating. It's all an experiment, you know, it's all new
0: to say the least. Yeah, man. No, I, I again, I truly love it. The people that I've been able to meet, um, you know, you had a keynote, uh, a gentleman, um, Sean, if I'm not mistaken, he, he was a baseball yeah, Sean, player. He was going to go to school, got into a car accident and, and everything guy, went haywire. Amazing guy. I truly enjoyed the conversation I had with him, but his story too. Uh, you know, and, and I think, you know, well, first off, um, maybe we shout shouldn't out, shout, shout out to
1: Sean, David Luke.
0: Thank you, shout Sean. Out. Appreciate it. I've had a couple conversations. Great dude. Um, but no, maybe we shouldn't tell you the day that they're happening. I think that with your pitching career, it was probably better when you kind of just <laughs> happened upon it. Maybe we should, you know, have Frank just be like, Oh, Brendan, we're having an event tonight. I made sure your calendar was clear. You'd probably do better that way. I don't know. Make your life a little easier, but no, I think, um, just seeing how you've been able to affect other people's lives as well, I think is really cool. You know, just talking to some of the people in the group and and understanding what it means to them to be able to meet people that kind of similar ish trajectory where, Hey, I really wanted to play professional sports or, Hey, I was, you know, I played every day from the age of 10 to 22 and then I got out of college and now I play recreationally, but you miss that. I mean, if you do something that many hours a day for that many years in a row, um, and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's, it's a huge life change. Um, so I know, I think, I think it's great. I mean, it's not quite a therapy group, but there's definitely a lot of, um, appreciation between a lot of the members to understand like, Hey, we're all in this together. You know, like we right. you need help. Just call me legitimately. I've been through it or I'm going through it. We can help each other, which I think is awesome. Now I'm not quite there. Cause I think I played baseball up until I was, you know, I don't know, junior year of high school. So it wasn't anything crazy, but I, I like to see that in, in groups and communities and really feel that it's not just, Hey, we're all in a room together. What do you do? You know, who, who can you introduce me to so I can make money? It's legitimately, it's a group of people that played sports and are now having incredible conversations. And Oh, by the way, we're also all professionals in something else and we're all doing other things. Hey, if we can help each other, that's great too. At least that's how I view it. I don't know if you, if you've no, that.
1: I view it the same way. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you
1: know, my opinion's as good as your opinion because we're at the same events. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really want to um make a point to keep it loose, mm-hmm. keep it casual and um do different things. Um some events will be at, at a you know our regular scene or regular bar, but mm-hmm. I plan on doing other things this year as well that are engaging, like uh, bowling. Um cool. there's different things in the city like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe go to a sporting event. Um, where, where I think that if people are engaging and talking about something other than themselves, um, whether that they can relate to, um, whether they're facing each other in a competition of some mm-hmm. sort or looking at the same event, um, I think that's the real way to create connections. Um, and, and really connections go a long, a long way in life. Um, I have a mentor in my finance world in my business and he said to me numbers get plaques relationships create a business Mm -hmm. um so the relationships are far more important than any any salary or numbers that that people want to talk about Mm -hmm. initially because that's how they're trained to network it's just um it's reprogramming people's minds to network differently um than than what's advertised out there absolutely that's just you know building on what you said that's kind of what i see it
0: I love it, man. I love it. And I know earlier you said you don't really know what the group is going to look like. You know, I mean, this year you have an idea and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, you know, do you have, you know, a, a maybe let's call it pie in the sky, like if it could look like something, what would you want it to look like? Um,
1: hmm, it's, a, it's a really good question.
0: Yeah. You got to get it's... going soon. So this is perfect time to ask this question. <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> I, I might have. Nobody else said that. You're good. It's a really good question. Uh, It's a tough question.
1: I think um, what inhibits people from fulfilling things quicker than they may want is uh, financially. Mm -hmm. So everything I've been able to do in this group um, has come out of pocket or was raised. Um, If I can find a way to financially run. Different things. I would like to create um, almost like a a gala mm-hmm. where I'm I'm doing it in like a room that you can picture where maybe a, a wedding mm-hmm. or or you know a, a ceremony would be at where it's like more fancy and and there's catering and food.
0: Um, and I don't music. know. I like the pizza that you usually get. It's usually <laughs> pretty solid.
1: I would think. I I think I would lean. It's in my head, but I think I would lean towards something a little more. Um, upscale.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I would attract different people. Um, you know, it would be even more diverse of a crowd. I think if I did that, and the, the purpose of it would be to raise money for scholarship and the scholarship would be for someone that had, had a respectable career academically and athletically in undergrad and didn't get drafted and is going on to graduate school and can get rewarded for that, mm-hmm. which was my life. Yeah. But in my life, um, going back, created $100,000 of student loan debt. Oh. Um, which is not bad because I invested in myself to get mm-hmm. an MBA. But um, there, there are people that can fit a category that would deserve a life after sports scholarship. Mm-hmm. where they they played competitively in college and did everything they were supposed to do, 4 students, you know, academic and athletic rewards, And they didn't get signed. They didn't get onto the next level and they want to continue their education. There's no scholarship out there that exists for that. And graduate school um, doesn't give out scholarships. I mm-hmm. got the max scholarship and it was $5,000. Mm-hmm. That's the most. Mm-hmm. I was a 4 student. And they were giving me $5,000 for a $45,000 school. Um, all right so that's that's my dream
0: yeah i
1: love Um, it it would be to do that it would be to raise big money and 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 reward one person in the country each year
0: Mm -hmm. i love it well hopefully more let's just raise even more money right yeah <laughs> no no down, i know i know you gotta start no, somewhere exactly no i'm all for it man i love it brennan thank you so much brennan forster this was absolutely fantastic glad we got to have this conversation we've had most of it before um but i like that we chunked it and uh a little extra baseball talk this time too yeah my thanks for having me it was fun thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of for the love of sports um on a personal note i would really like to say thank you and, and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people, have great conversations, and I learn and hopefully you're learning something and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could, please give this a five-star review. If you could, please share this, um, subscribe to it, do whatever you have to do. The more people that do that, the more these stories and these conversations get out, and I'm really hoping that one day, um, one day soon, this will be something that I get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job, of course. But this is an absolute blast. Sincerely appreciate it. Check the show notes for all social media handles, anything that came from the episode. We'll have everything down there and I hope you really did enjoy it. So if there's anything I can do better, please make sure to reach out. Uh, My email address, michael.rezeal1 at gmail. Please make sure to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, on Instagram and and just reach out because I'm willing to answer any questions. And hey, if you got a cool story, I'd love to have you on as well. So thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate it and I hope you make it a wonderful day.